Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, one of the hosts of the Prestige TV podcast. HBO's Barry is back for a fourth and final season. And that means I'll be back recapping the show with co-creator and star Bill Hader to dive deep on the themes, scenes, and major moments in the series. Bill will provide insight into how every episode was made and why it's ending. New Prestige TV Barry recaps will go live every Sunday night when the episode ends. So make sure you're subscribed to the Prestige TV podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Pete, is back. On the Ringer Wrestling Show, there's something going on Friday edition of the program. Welcome aboard. My name is Peter Rosenberg, your forever 24-7 champion. Uh, producing us today is uh, my friend uh, Brian Waters, the great Brian Waters, holding it down today. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. It's simultaneously great to see you and a huge disappointment because I think everybody wanted more Troy the Goy this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I don't have those type of stories. Uh, I have other stories. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, not that one. <laughs> shout out to Troy. You don't. You shout out to Troy, man. We're, we're going to get, you know, like we're going to jump into some email here. Uh, we'll do a lot of mailbag today. And certainly some of it will be about Troy um, because much of it was. Um, I think the best message I got this week, my favorite message was about Troy essentially cutting a promo on the show last week. Mm -hmm. Now we will, we will, um, talk about some wrestling as well. Um, I watched some dynamite on Wednesday. Um, the, I don't think I, I didn't love much on dynamite this week. I don't think, did you watch Brian? I watched it. It was, uh, it wasn't, you know, I think for me, it was Jeff Hardy seeing him, but you know, prayers. That was nice. Well. That, it was nice to see Jeff. Although I don't know how much, you know, when he went up for the swanton, I'm just like, man, I don't know if I want Jeff to keep taking these swantons. Mm -hmm. Um, He's getting up there. He still looked pretty good. Um, and it's great to see him, obviously. Um, Darby Allen 
um, beat Swerve early on, and then MJF comes out, um, and then Sting comes out as well. You know, as they as they set up this, um, what's it called? Four corners. Yeah, with the four pillars of as they set up this four pillars match. Um, I got to tell you, I think it's. I think it, that's a cool match idea. There is something there. I like that. At least there's long-term storytelling there. If they don't ever give us though, like a big sting solo match, I, I think that's a mistake. You know, I, I was talking with um friend of the show, Brian Mann, during, we were watching dynamite and I was talking about like, I was like, man, we should at least get in the lead up to that match. They should at least main event a dynamite with MJF versus sting. Like I, I think at least even if nothing really happens with it, it gets interrupted, whatever. I still like the idea of seeing sting used in that way. And then, you know, Brian had the idea and I thought it was interesting. He said, man, do you try to put sting in a title match with MJF, you know, title versus career at Wembley stadium? Does that not sell a ton of seats? Ooh, I didn't think of that one. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, you put stings career on the line at Wembley stadium. That's that's a conversation. You know, you're trying to sell whatever it is, 50, 60,000. Um, certainly would be interesting, but man, I love seeing sting. And yet I simultaneously, I don't know how you feel, Brian. I also get bummed out that like, he just could have had a multi-year run in WWE. It's just like, it's one of the great bummers. Absolutely. Even when they came to Baltimore one time, he was just backstage. It was the time when he threw Seth Rollins trophy in the dumpster. And I was disappointed because mm -hmm. I wanted to see sting in the WWE ring in person. Well, I've seen him in an Impact right. Wrestling ring, but I wanted to see him in a WWE ring. And just two matches, that's all we got. And that was disappointing. It's, I was like, come on. And now you see how he's utilized at AEW, and you go, oh, man, you could continue to protect and use a guy like Sting for so long. In fact, it makes you think, you know, could the... Un and, and listen, there are not a ton of things that I think the WWE could stand to learn from AEW, mm -hmm. but utilizing veteran talent is something I think AEW does really well. I think they keep people around. They give them spots where like a Jeff Jarrett can, can look like a big deal. Still, still sting can look, yo sting is so protected. It does not matter that he's 60 years old. Like it just really doesn't. Um, and I just, it makes me think, man, was there a way to even continue the undertaker's involvement in a way that wasn't really thought about? You know, because he and, and maybe that's Taker. Maybe that's the fact that he wanted to either give you the whole shebang or nah. Sting seems content to be in wrestling and be Darby's guy, throw on his face paint, grab his jacket and his bat and show up and have a good time and not really have to do that much. And obviously makes a good living doing it, I'm sure. So um, I'll tell you what, though, uh, that that women's that six woman tag match or was it a tag match and Paige was just on the outside. The women's tag later in the show, yo, there's so much potential to me with that group of women. I really do feel that way. I like the 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 ex WWE sort of posse. Okay, the outcast. Ruby Soho, Tony Storm, and Paige. Yeah. Like there's something there. And what I don't like, Brian, is that for some reason. Maybe this is just a testament to what agents can do. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a testament to the fact that 
reportedly in AEW, there's just not a lot of getting in there and working things out in advance. Yo, that ma- listen, Ruby's good. Bad. I really like Tony Storm. Obviously, Paige knows what she's doing. A lot of these girls know what they're doing. For some reason, <clears throat> women's matches in AEW to me just never seem to click right. Like there's, I'm not saying all the time, but there's a struggle in the division and it's not with the caliber of talent. Like there is, when I look at that faction, right? You hear what I'm saying? Like, Thank you. Like, <laughs> Somebody agrees. I've been saying this for months. It's exactly what you just said. It's not the talent on paper. Like I like the talent in the women's division. They're close to caught up now with WWE. They may be the same. Fact. And yet I look around and I'm like, why can't there be better matches? And I just wonder if it's an agent situation or a, a lack of preparation, but this week's match was, man, there were just several spots where I was like, oh, I don't know what the hell is going on. Now, let's keep it a buck. That women's tag match on, on Monday Night Raw was rough too. So listen, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Uh, you know, you see it all around wrestling, period. Talent sometimes just have weeks where it doesn't click. Obviously, that happens on the reg. This is a very tough thing to do. But I think the reason it's a conversation with the women's division in AEW is because everyone's been waiting for that division to sort of take the next step. Mm-hmm. And it has these pieces that you're, that you love. Obviously Britt Baker has become a star, um, you know, but Britt Baker, when she became a star still had a lot of learning and growing to do yeah. and need for other veterans to show up to help take the lead. Even though Britt is the biggest star that's been made in the AEW women's division. Um, but I, on my positive takeaway is I will say, I, I think dip was questionable about it. I like that group together. Okay. I like Tony storm, Ruby and Paige. I think there's something there that could be a nice little faction. I know they've been doing it for a little while, but I've sort of been in and out. There is absolutely something there. Um, what are we getting on? Um, uh, you know, a lot of people be listening to this on Friday, some on Saturday, but it, right now we're doing this during the day on Friday. Do we know what we're getting on SmackDown tonight, Brian? Checking now. I assume not another Triple H uh, promo. Shinsuke Nakamura is coming back. Oh, wow. And, okay. And then Matt Riddle following up. Matt Riddle is coming after the bloodline. How do you feel about... I was surprised that Dipperstein sort of liked the Riddle involvement. I sort of felt like Riddle appearing in the middle of the KO Sammy bloodline thing felt like a little bit of, all right, we got to get someone else involved here. Yeah. We're taking Cody out of this thing. We're moving him on to Brock. Let's throw Riddle in there. It felt that way to me a bit. Maybe it'll grow on me. What have been your thoughts on it so far? There was a forgotten part, and it dawned on me when it happened that they took him out. It was Solo who put him on the shelf. So that was the part. I was like, oh, yeah, Solo did it. So I think that part of the story was missed. So that needs to be told better. Right. That's all. Yeah, they need to bring that forward. Because to me, I'm like, why did this... Riddle care that he had, much about Sammy and KO? Because he had just finished his program with Seth. And then right. it looked like he was going to be up next challenging Roman. And then Roman. Solo took yeah. him out. So, yeah, that was the part I, I forgot, forgot about. That. I like this right now. You know, we, we saw him and Roman go at it during the summertime when they gave us like one of random tag. I mean, one of random championship matches. And I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited to see where they go with this. I love Solo Sokoa. I know um, we tend to love him here at the Ringer, uh, especially like the interview yeah, you I mean, did with him was incredible. Uh, so I'm a huge oh, fan thanks, of his. Man. And, uh, you know, getting a chance to talk to him at Wally Mania, quote unquote. Uh, you know, I like where he's going. 
Yeah, uh, I, me too. I'm I'm down for anything solo, and I would say solo is something to keep an eye on here. He seems to be the piece that is getting focus initially out of WrestleMania because mm-hmm. we still don't know where Roman Reigns is going. It's very clear, or it appears to be clear, that Cody Rhodes is immediately going on to Brock Lesnar. Right. That that appears to be where we're going. It it appears that the whole story that we thought was going to culminate with an almost too obvious Cody Rhodes championship win at WrestleMania is in fact going to be a pivot to Brock Lesnar. Will we get back to Roman at SummerSlam? I don't know. You know, I know there's been a lot of conversation about they decided a week before to have Cody lose at WrestleMania. I don't know how much I believe that. I I know it's out there. I wouldn't be surprised if someone, maybe it wasn't known to everybody, but would I be shocked if someone the whole time in power knew we're going to make Cody the biggest star ever. We're going to, we're going to make him who he always wanted to be. And one day he's going to be the man, Hmm. but he ain't doing it his first time around when he comes back after leaving us and starting a rival company. (laughs) Nope. And so we're going to lead it all the way to water. So everyone thinks that's exactly what's going to happen. And we're going to give him one gut check to remind him what time it is. And then he's going to be built up so big that don't worry, buddy. We're going to, we're going to make you the man. You're still going to be the man, Mm -hmm. but you can't just become the man taking out our, this endless title reign. Exactly. The the first time. No. So I wonder A lot of people are saying, oh, they switch, they switch. No one knows anything. That could have been a thing that one, two, three people knew the entire time, and that's it. Just a thought. I, I, you know, like, I just been thinking about it more and more. Like, the the fact that he lost, it it couldn't have been a whim. Putting my fan hat on, because, like, when I'm in the stadium or arena, I like to just enjoy it as a fan. And they took me for a ride, but nobody really knew who would win, and that's what made it great. Because nobody knew. Yeah, that you know, I will say that it, it's pretty amazing. As much as we sat on cheap heat months ago, and Dip and I argued with SGG, just saying you're nuts, dude. Like Cody is winning the title. You're nuts. I'm sorry. You're just a crazed Roman fan. <laughs> no, it's Cody's time. And and by the way, we weren't. Dip was the one who was against it, mm-hmm. but he was just like, it's what's happening. How could you see it any other way? And then when it came time to the match. And I'm sitting there watching it at WrestleMania. I got to tell you guys, and I haven't gone back yet to watch it. I need, I want to go back and watch it on TV this weekend. I'd actually have to sit with a lot of Mania this weekend because I haven't had the time yet to, to, to sit with it. Okay. But when I was watching it, I was like, oh man, I don't know who's going to win all of a sudden. I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. And then when I got there, I was like, I don't know who's going to win this match, which is a testament to the storytelling and a testament to the talent uh, altogether. Now, if you listened to the show last week, obviously, you know it was the... Ballad of Troy the Goy. Mm-hmm. You, that's what we should have called the episode, or <laughs> you know. And I got hey Natalie. Can you hear me? All right, you got to hear this. This is pretty good. Mail. So Matt Bruno sent us an email to Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. And he said, Hey Pete, Greg, Dip. Great to meet you all. A button mash over Mania Weekend. You're all great guys. Gonna cut to the chase. I think it was overlooked due to the sheer jaw-dropping nature of the conversation. But can we revisit what I think is the best heel promo I've heard in ages? ages? Read these sentences from Troy 
in the same cadence and tone as a CM Punk pipe bomb and tell me it's not completely mage heel work. Now, I should add, SGG liked this with the idea of it being Gunther's voice. Take whatever, take whatever, uh, Brian, you can take whatever heel voice you're interested in having and make it that, okay? Mm -hmm. Here we go. In college, I looked at, at all the guys around me. They were so driven by sex, took up all of their energy, took them away from school, took them away from their priorities. I hated those kinds of men. I hated the frat boys who just talked about women. They were so disrespectful. I hated it. I didn't want to be anything like that. So over the next few years, I trained myself to not be distracted by the things that typically are distracted by. I haven't watched a movie in years. I don't watch TV. The only thing I watch is UFC because I get paid to watch UFC. I'm not interested in sexual relationships because I perceive it to be a distraction from the main goal at hand, which for me, that's my physical fitness, my mental fitness, traveling the world, being adventurous, reading, writing, self-improvement, and winning the WWE championship. I'm focused and I choose not to distract myself with such nonsense. Troy the Goy is a heel. <laughs> he would be like, he would be like uh, when Jericho was 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 feuding with uh no 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 when CM Punk started the Straight Edge Society. Yep. That's it. So I heard it in that voice. I heard it in yep. Daniel Bryan when he was calling fans fickle. Yep. I heard it in the Gunther voice. I also heard it in the early tribal <laughs> chief voice. Like all these as you're going through it, I'm putting it in different categories. Yo, and by the way, yes, I just read it and like made it like you know a little more demonstrative or whatever. But Troy said it very clearly. Mm -hmm. Like there was no hesitation. It was like he'd written the promo. It was. <laughs> so big shout out to Matt who gave us that because I had not thought about it that way at all. That Troy was a monster heel, but guess what? That's where Should we are. Should he be um, doing promo classes in the indies? You know what? <laughs> Natalie said you're turned on by Troy. Oh, by me, by my performance, <laughs> by me being Troy. Oh, Natalie, that's a terrifying thought. Well, listen, Natalie, if you're willing to wait uh, seven years, you too can have an encounter with Troy. I <laughs> 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 try. I love you. Um, and, and, and by the way, so let's get to some more Troy email. Cause there's a, there's a lot of thoughts that people had. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon guys. If you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from my favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. I'm not jogging. I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. 
ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Just because you wrestle alligators for a living doesn't mean you should have the skin of one. Say goodbye to dry and cracked skin with Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash with Vitamin B3. Made for 24-7 renewing moisturization with daily use. With scents of vanilla and shea, people will think you've taken up candle making as one of your hobbies. And there is nothing wrong with that. Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash. Shop Old Spice now. Mail. Real quick while you're here, Natalie. Someone wrote, uh, what's up, Pete and SGG and Dip, longtime listener, second time emailer. I believe the word for the quarter water drinks you guys were discussing is hugs. Or at least that is what they were called by my friends and myself growing up in Pennsylvania. Top three flavors for myself would be blue, orange, and dare I say purple. Also, I don't know about a hug. You never heard of hugs? That, maybe that's the real official name, but. Well, that's what he's saying. He's not saying. We, call, we called it quarter water. No, we know. We know what they say in the streets of Queens. It's, it's quarter water. And, and Steve goes on to say, also, way to be a great guy. WrestleMania weekend kicked, uh, on those kickoff shows. Was wondering if you or any of the crew picked up some fine merch from wrestling for sale or anywhere else during the weekend. So I did gain two monster shirts over WrestleMania. I actually, I'm such a nerd. Last night, or this morning, I was in bed thinking about like how many of the things I dreamed of having in my collection that I have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's easy to forget because the crew of shirt nerds that has formed around Ted, like these guys, Brian, they have so much stuff mm -hmm. that like I constantly, constantly see things I don't have. Nice. Like I'm just like never seen that, don't have it. Like it's wild, bro. And I have, so it makes me forget how wild my collection is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was thinking about how I've gotten most everything I ever, there, there's very few like dream shirts out there I don't have like it may be down to Miss Elizabeth. Like that may be the last remaining. Like I really, really want it. Um, and I'll be honest, it's kind of a repug shirt, the Miss Elizabeth shirt. Do you know what it looks like? No, I don't. Let me see if it pops up when you search for it. It's um, it's an interesting one because it it's like very basic and looks almost like it was. It, it it's like an iron on. Okay. It's like an iron-on, uh, like, of the uh, an original look of hers on a blue shirt. And it's just a straight-up, like, I, I'll find one and send it to you. But that's, like, that's the last one that I feel like I absolutely need. Gotcha. So this weekend, I secured what had been number one on my list for a while. The original blue Macho King is mine. Nice. It's... Took, it's a, you know for some reason that shirt man I guess they just they just didn't sell it long mm -hmm. you know I I think think it appeared in the catalog once and they were selling it at shows for a few months how long was well let's say this how long was Savage the Macho King six months 
Nine months? Yeah, he was there. He was definitely Macho it King. It wasn't a year, was it? No, nah, I don't think so. Because he was Macho King in WrestleMania six, but not by the time they got to seven, right? Because Miss Elizabeth was gone. I don't think. Well, he was with Sherry. Let's see. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was with He was with Sherry. So let's see. Macho King. This is a good question. Oh, okay. Macho King started in 89. Okay. After beating Jim Duggan. He beat Jim Duggan in September 89. Mm-hmm. Okay. September 89. Then he, let's see. In late 90, Savage started a feud with the Ultimate Warrior. Right. The feud escalated. So was he, he was still Macho King against Oh, yeah, because he had the scepter. So maybe it did last a year and change. Yeah. That takes us to 91 for WrestleMania 7. Oh, yeah, and he said with his bride by his side, that's the call from Gorilla, right? When At the end. So he yeah. started that as Macho King. Yeah. And it ended with... With him, to, him getting Elizabeth because he was retiring and then moving away, right? So is that not like yeah, Super and then Mario Brothers getting a princess at the end? I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> that's why it's one of the great stories of all time. Yeah, yeah, that was. It's so funny. That was something they really did well in that era that we don't see as well. Like we were, you were just talking about. Yo, Solo took out Matt Riddle, mm-hmm. and we don't do a good enough job telling that story right now. And that was just a few months ago. Yeah. It's funny, in the 80s, for as simple as the storytelling would be, they would take you back to something that had been two or three years. Yeah. In this era, it seems like the the attitude became, and I don't know if this is a Vince thing or not, They like, let's move on. Mm-hmm. That's the past. We're now here. There's like sort of this idea that the, that the fan base doesn't have a memory. Right. Whereas if you were to go back to then, listen, you know that moment when, when Elizabeth came out of the crowd to take out Sherry? Mm-hmm. and end up back with Macho Man after he was just completely destroyed by Warrior, you'd remember, you no, no, the fans have a memory. They care. They want to see those stories come full circle. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the Miss Elizabeth shirt is, is still on my Mount Rushmore of once, but I got, I got the Macho King I was desperate for, and I received just a really uh, gentlemanly gift from a friend of mine in our group, uh, in our T-shirt group, who as a, as an engagement gift to Natalie had, I guess he had an extra, I assume. And he gave me a classic Brett shirt that I didn't have. And I have like, I have almost every Brett thing there is to imagine, but there's this one that's all black and it's, it's Brett's face is like the whole shirt. It's kind of like a a profile look of Brett and his fist, um, that I never have and got that as a, a gift. So that was very generous and cool. Anyways, back to the, back to the mailbag. I got distracted by a t-shirt question. Mail. All right. Ryan writes us about Tim White, the great referee. Um, He said, Dear Pete uh, Dip and SUG, I've been uh, meaning to share this story since the Hall of Fame induction. When I was a kid, I went to a house show with my mom, and the biggest villain of the night was King Kong Bundy during his second second less mage run during the 90s. During his match, he continually chirped at referee Tim White. When Bundy lost, he tried to attack White with White being able to escape the ring and get away at the last minute. After the show, my mom took me to a village inn, uh, a pancake house in Texas. Halfway through our meal, I look over and White and Bundy were sitting together. I had so many questions and my mom had to break the kayfabe ice to me, to which I was heartbroken. Anyway, on our way out, 
Tim White let me approach him to say hi while Bundy was gone from the table and was a great guy. I was maybe eight or nine. I'm 38 now, and I've never forgotten that night. Cheers to referee Tim White, and may he rest in peace. Also, we need this soundbite for a new intro whenever it happens. Quote, if they had a little bit of rice in the dessert, it would have been a different kind of march. I, when, I don't remember that was from, Ryan. Shouts to Ryan in Vegas. And by the way, Ryan, I'm coming out to Vegas next week. I just found out uh, last minute that I'm going to the, um, the, the fight next week. The Davis Garcia uh, title bout at T-Mobile next week in Vegas. So back out West on another endless flight. I'm not complaining. Very excited to go. It is going to be the fight of the year. I've been very excited about this fight. Uh, Ryan Garcia and Ryan Garcia, I got to say, I don't know if you saw Brian. He was actually quite good when he popped on the uh, kickoff show. You weren't, you didn't see it. You were at WrestleMania, but uh, <laughs> Ryan Garcia popped on and actually did a, a nice job. Got me even more hype for that fight. So oh, nice. next week when we do the Friday, something, my hope is it will be with Booker T who I know is going to be at the fight as well. So I'm gonna try to sit down with Booker in Vegas next week and bring that to you guys. Mail. Matt writes us a uh, Pete SGG and PTD parentheses, part-timer dip. Another one of those first time since you joined the ring or wrestling show time guys and happy to acknowledge all of you for the great guys you are. Wow. First joined when we joined the, the ring of wrestling show. Very cool. Meeting more people like that. How about the comment I got on IG this week? What happened to cheap heat? It disappeared two years ago. I was like, my man, you, <laughs> yo, how do people follow you on social media and never notice? <laughs> like I announced when we went to the ringer hardcore, yes. like multiple times. It was, you, you it was promoted. I, I, yeah, like, I was, we are going to the ring. I was two months in. And I remember like sitting with Shoemaker. He said, look, make sure you check this out. You, you guys had Bill on and it was a, it was a show. We, we posted the video with Bill, yeah. the whole thing. It was, a, it was a thing. And then after that, I'd still post a random clip or at ring a wrestling show. Anyways, it, it's, and I can't do anything to help you find me. If I, if you don't notice it on social media, I don't know how else to find said it on a kickoff Anyways. show. <laughs> and I've said it on the kickoff show. That's the right. NXT one. Would you catch the NXT one this week? And I know I've said it on. I know I've said it on a WWE one in the past too. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Matt says uh, was listening to SGG on Wednesday worldwide and his take on Roman Reigns breaking the all time world championship longevity record. By the by, the way, you can hear Brian on uh, Wednesday worldwide every week right here on the Ringer. And uh, he says, while I respect his enthusiasm for his take that it's definitely going to happen, it's just not a realistic possibility for what I think is a clear reason. And I wanted the gang's tease. The long rain, the long reigns worked historically because of the regionality of wrestling at the time. Gave an excuse for hype when the long reigning champ came to town. But now, especially with the advent of AEW and other alternatives, the clear reason Roman can't hold the title that long is simply because it would restrict WWE's ability to recruit talent from outside the system. Can you imagine pitching MJF to come over from AEW? But part of the pitch has to include that under no circumstances can he become champ for however many years because they want to definitely get Roman over the proverbial line. You lose recruitment of outside main event talent for years, and WWE can't do that when real external competition exists. Maybe five to ten years back, but not now. Enjoy yourselves, Nemo. Nemo, I appreciate the message. I don't agree with all of your logic, but Greg is absolutely out of his gourd. That I, there's, and and it, and I do think it is partially for what you said. I just don't think it's about the talent recruitment. Uh, Brian, I think the best point he made was 
that long-term champion thing worked way better in the regional days. You had your guy. That guy could go fight all the guys from other places. It made sense. He was the biggest name hands down in your area, and then other people would come through, and he beat them, blah, 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 blah. In this situation, though, where it's one company that basically rules the world, I don't think it would... it wouldn't work, man. If you go back and look, I don't even know how well it worked then. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we were to go back and really see how it felt with Bruno the entire time. Mm-hmm. Listen, you at that point, do you know what their goal was? Their goal was to please the 15,000 people at Madison Square Garden once a month. Yeah. Right? That was a heavily Italian, heavily New York crowd. They loved seeing him win over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, Pedro Morales became IC champion in New York because they knew the Puerto Rican crowd in New York would love it and eat it up, right? Everything was done in a regional way to please the customers who are coming back and paying month after month for your product. I, I don't know what you think, Brian. Number one, I think at that point, I'd certainly be bored to tears. But I think at large, the the WWE universe would be bored if it were to last that long. I just don't think anything can last that long in this era. That long is very, very, I wouldn't mind saying go through 40, like going to Philly, beating Seth Rollins for the title. I mean, to retain the title and see where we go from there. Uh, I do think that the bloodline has found a way to stay refreshed, uh, whether it was adding Sami Zayn, now is solo. So he can keep us entertained, but going eight, years. That's a lot. I think it was backlash 2028 is the deadline. So yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> um, but if it's anybody can do Bro, it. We'll it's... have a whole different. <laughs> I just, listen, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the, here's the main place where I, I disagree with SGG fundamentally. Yeah. He, he has somehow gotten to a point and I never thought I'd see this. He, he would take Roman over Brett. I was giving right like, that question. <laughs> no, he would. Roman is his number one guy of all time now. Mm-hmm. Like he's just not that for me. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I I, I really enjoy Roman. Mm-hmm. I really do. He's he's done a terrific job, and I'm proud of where he's gotten to. I like him personally, professionally. I think he's fantastic. He, he's not the greatest to ever strap on boots, dude. He's really <laughs> he's nice. He's a he's a top top guy. He's a top 10 all time to strap on the boots. I believe he, that's where I think his career ends with him being a top 10 guy ever to do it. I, geez, not going I don't Mount know Rushmore? how much I can go beyond that. <laughs> what Mount Rushmore? He's not go- I don't have Cena on Mount Rushmore. Oh, okay. So, so you know, like, I, <laughs> I don't have anyone. The most recent person on my Mount Rushmore is Rocky, you know? Okay. And, I, and by the way, sometimes I would take Rocky off and maybe, you know, replace him with someone else. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that could be Roman as the fourth guy. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, he's amazing. I just, I think that um, it's one of those things. It's like we're doing this hip hop list on Hot 97. We're ranking the greatest songs of all time. We know it's ridiculous, but we're doing it. We decided to stop it at 2020. Oh, okay. Because you can't really, you can't really honestly tell me what's a classic if it's newer than 2020. You don't know where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You got to let it, you got to see if it stands the test of time. You know, like Brett, for example, Brett's my favorite wrestler of all time. 
But when you look at I know I like the for era at which he was, <laughs> hey, come on, those who know, know. Yeah. If you know, you know. The real recognize real. If you look back though at Brett's career on top, if you go, if you do that, then you will quickly realize that the time in which he was on top is 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 rough enough that you can't really just give him the nod as the number one dude. Mm-hmm. You know, much as it pains me to say that, um, he's my number one. Yeah, but I can't go putting him as the number one to ever do it. That's why I'll never see eye to eye with SGG on how he sees the Roman thing down to see how it plays out now. Good to see, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the fact that it didn't end um, the other day. I'm fine that it keeps going. We'll see. But yeah, that that's where we'll always come to. I know I promised that we were going to get to more Troy the Goy. And in fact, we never did. We got into, I'm sorry. I apologize. We ended up talking about wrestling instead of Troy. We'll save the Troy emails for next week when he's back. Rosenberg beats at Gmail dot com um send us an email um brian you were great as always uh you can catch brian every single uh wednesday right here on the ring of wrestling show and i'm sure we'll catch you again soon when troy's off doing god knows what <laughs> thanks man appreciate it all right everyone have a wonderful weekend stay mage and enjoy yourself it's professional wrestling Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.